friends. Welcome to the Field Guide to Particle Physics. This is your informal guide to the subatomic ecosystem that we're all immersed in. Today, we're visiting the charged sigma baryons. The sigma baryons, that's a capital sigma, are a trio of slightly heavy cousins to everyday particles like the proton or the neutron. With masses of almost 1200 MeV each, it might surprise you that the physics of the sigma baryons feels much closer to a comparatively puny trio of familiar particles, the pions. The pions form a triplet of mesons, pi plus, pi zero, and pi minus. So too do the sigmas, except baryons, sigma plus, sigma zero, and sigma minus. The similarities are helpful for building an intuition, but the differences are stark. While the charged pions are antiparticle partners, the charged sigmas are anything but. Today, we'll focus on that fact as we explore the pair of particles, sigma plus and sigma minus. The charged sigma baryons are your typical strange particle. They live much longer than they should given their mass. Their lifetime is a sizable fraction of a nanosecond. Like the lambda zero baryon, the charged sigma baryons live so long because they have to wait for their constituent strange quark to decay. The strange quark can only decay to an up quark, and while possible, it takes a little while. It's a quantum bottleneck that, in particle decays, has come to be known as the technical term strangeness. While the down quark and the strange quark have separate identities, as far as the strong nuclear force is concerned, they mix slightly under the weak nuclear force. And that slight mixing is what gives the strange quark a chance to decay. And it always decays to an up quark. Keep an eye on this fact, it's what makes the sigma baryon decays so tricky. What's fun about the charged sigma baryons that is markedly different from the charged pions is that they are not antiparticle partners of one another. The anti-sigma plus is not the sigma minus, not even close. The sigma plus has two up quarks and a strange quark. The anti-sigma plus would have two anti-up quarks and an anti-strange quark. But in any case, for the sigma plus, its electric charge is two-thirds plus two-thirds minus one-third, or one. The sigma minus has two down quarks and a strange quark, which each contribute a charge of minus one-third. So despite having opposite electric charges, they have very different quarks inside, up-up strange versus down-down strange. And with that constitutional difference comes more mundane ones. The sigma plus and sigma minus have slightly different masses and slightly different lifetimes. They are, in other words, very different particles. The sigma plus and anti-sigma plus would have exactly the same mass, and similarly the sigma minus and anti-sigma minus will have exactly the same mass. Still, the sigmas try their best to behave like pions. Isn't it nice how neatly organized nature at least tries to be? At 1197 MeV, the sigma minus is just a little bit bigger than the sigma plus, whose mass is 1189 MeV. Now, bigger masses usually imply shorter lifetimes, but the sigma baryons are strange in this sense too. The heavier sigma minus baryon has a lifetime of around 15% of a nanosecond. The lighter sigma plus baryon decays about twice as fast, living on average about 8% of a nanosecond. 
Why does the slightly lighter Sigma Plus Baryon decay twice as fast? Sigma Plus has two major ways to decay, whereas Sigma Minus really only has one. Sigma Minus only really decays to a neutron and a pi minus. There are other options, including muons, electrons, neutrini, and rarely a lambda zero electron pair, which altogether occur less than 1% of the time. Similarly, 99% of the time, the sigma plus will decay into a familiar nucleon and pion, but there's a slight imbalance between the two possibilities of a nucleon and a pion. The proton and pi zero appear just about 51% of the time, and the neutron and pi plus happens about 48% of the time. Amusingly, the other 1% of stuff that a sigma plus decays into looks exactly like the antiparticle versions of the rare sigma minus decays. You know, antimuons, positrons, neutrini. Notably, there's also a rare lambda zero with positron decay. Charge does have to be conserved, after all. Because the sigma plus has two ways to decay, two decay channels in the parlance of particle physics, it's not surprising that it decays twice as fast as its negatively charged sibling. Why the sigma minus only has one decay channel relates back to the fact that it is not the antiparticle partner of the sigma plus. Despite its negative charge, it's made up of quarks and not antiquarks. Because there is no negatively charged analog of the proton, there's really nothing else for the sigma minus to decay into other than the neutron and a pi minus. The details of these decays are super fun to examine. The sigma minus, uh, down down strange, decays when the strange quark does. The strange quark emits a W boson and leaves behind an up quark. And that essentially converts the sigma minus into a neutron, you know, down down up. The W boson promptly decays into a down quark anti up quark pair that is a negatively charged pion. The sigma plus, up up strange, is a bit more complicated. The strange quark again decays, but the final combination of quarks, up 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 down anti up, can be rearranged to form a proton, up up down, and a neutral pion, up anti up. Because the W boson lives for such a short time, that rearrangement essentially happens all at once. The other possibility for sigma plus to decay is even more wild. The strange quark decays as usual, leaving behind an up quark, but the emitted W boson is immediately absorbed by one of the other up quarks, which then converts to a down quark. If a gluon just happens to be emitted by someone else at around the same time, it can convert to a down quark anti down quark pair, giving a final combination of quarks up, down, down, anti down, up. And this can be rearranged to form a neutron, up, down, down, and a pi plus, up, anti down. Was that complicated enough for you? Converting a sigma plus to a neutron is a little more complex, so it doesn't happen quite as often. To get a better sense of how this works visually, check out the drawings on our website. But suffice it to say, gluons aren't hard to find given all the nuclear goo that these quarks live with. It's not at all surprising that things work out this way. We should say that these descriptions are something of a sketch or a skeleton of what's actually going on. Physicists do the full calculation using quantum field theory would call it a tree-level approximation. Quantum effects can sometimes be really dramatic, as we saw with the pi zero decays, but mercifully not in this case. But hey, particle physics is nothing if not messy. If you're a numerically minded person, like you accountants out there, you might wonder why all these charged sigma baryons do not decay into a lambda zero baryon. Up, down, strange. 
I mean, after all, the mass of the charged sigmas is around 1190 MeV, but the mass of the Lambda Zero is just shy of 1116. Energetically, it's more than possible, but the details do matter. Both sigma plus and sigma minus can and do decay to a Lambda Zero with either a positron or an electron, respectively, but it's like looking for a needle in a haystack in terms of probability. For every million charged sigma baryons that decay, you know, produced from, say, cosmic rays in the upper atmosphere or a particle collider, you can probably count the number of lambda zeros produced by those decays on one hand. And why are they so rare? Well, the strange quark, slow as it is to decay, decays to an up quark much, much faster than the down quark would. Like a few parts per million times faster. Numbers sound familiar? The statistics all wash out in the end. While the charged sigma baryons have trouble decaying into the lambda zero baryon, the sigma zero baryon does not. This leads to another fun story, which we'll visit next time. This has been an installment of the Field Guide to Particle Physics, a copyrighted production of the Poseidon Institute. Thank you so much for listening. For a full, free, online copy of the Field Guide, please visit our website at pasatan.org or follow us on Instagram. We've got a lot of other resources for you there. At the Poseidon Institute, we're on a mission to build and share physics knowledge without barriers. Come learn with us. 